Hello and welcome to the first episode of a new season of Round the Outside. It's season three. Um, yeah, I'm gonna try to keep these seasons a little bit shorter because, yeah, I don't, I don't really want to have like sixteen episode seasons. So I'll keep it as short as possible. We'll figure that out. But yeah, um, thank you for thank you all for so much um, support on season two and season one. Um, but now we're we're in the groove. And it is now season season three. Um, so yeah, season three, episode one. The main focus um, of this episode is obviously going to be the T20 World Cup, which starts in a couple of days. with Australia against taking New Zealand in Melbourne. I'm going to be making some predictions. Um, I hope you guys agree, agree with me. Um, pretty sure you won't, but let, let's see. I think um, I've, I've got them written down here, so hopefully that will help. And then also, I'll have a quick mention towards the end about the Ballon d'Or. So, yeah, let's get into it. So, um, how we're going to do the predictions is that I have, um, I think, about six topics here. No, no, I don't think six. Okay. I have some topics here, and I'm going to go through them and name a team that I think will be in that top- in that topic. So, the first one is, who is going to win it? Who is going to win the World Cup and go all the way? Uh, I think it's difficult for me. Um, for me, it's between Australia, India, and England. I don't think there's anyone else that's going to really challenge for it. I'm going to go... Oh. Um, also, I ha- I'm not going to go with the ones that I've written down. Um, because I, I want to... I made a couple edits to this, and it's a bit messy, so I can't really read it, so, um, just trying to now sort of go from the top of my head, so, I think the winner is gonna be, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Australia, um, I don't wanna say it, but I'm gonna say Australia, mainly because they're the home advantage, they're a good team, obviously, I think it's probably, it's probably, I think it's a bit obvious now that yeah, it's a bit of a red herring that they're not going through a great patch of form. But they're going to come to the World Cup. They're probably going to blow everyone away. They're going to have a great run of form. And they're probably going to go all the way and win it. And also, I think Finch is a great captain. Um, so they're nuts while they'll win. Okay, dark horses. Dark horses. Slash, slash overachievers. Um, I, I want to say England. I'm good. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm gonna say England. I don't think I think we. I think there's a massive stereotype of um, New Zealand always being a dark horse at every single World Cup. But think this year it's England. This year it's a thousand percent England. I'll tell you why. So England this summer in the 2022 uh, White Ball summer didn't win a single series. That's ODI as well. But let's focus on the 220 side. They didn't win. They only won two games. They won. Once against South Africa, once against India, and they lost both of those series for the first time since 2013. So, I, th- I think now they've got a good, decent run of form. They've, I think they won 4 3 against Pakistan and then 2 0 in that series against Australia. So, they won out of the last 90 20s they played, including a no result. They've won seven, I think, yeah, six games, sorry, six games. So, with the result, so that's six out of eight. So, 70 for 75% win percentage, that's not bad, that's not bad, I'd say, 
Um, and also going back to that West Indies series in January of this year, in 2022, they lost 3-2. Um, but I feel like this these sort of conditions will suit us. Um, I think I was saying in, like, uh, in the previous episode, I was talking about how um, you know they have so, so much depth and they have so much depth to accommodate that these conditions. So that's why I think England will be dark horses. Um, I don't think they're usually saying they're dark horses, but yeah, there you go. Okay, underachievers. Right. I think... I think it has to be West Indies. I think... I'm like... I think looking through all the teams that are going to get through, you're going to have, I think, the two for me that are decent, have a decent chance of underachieving are New Zealand and the West Indies. I know, I know. Okay, let me, I'll, I'll come to, on to New Zealand in a second. But West Indies, no, I just don't, I just don't think it'll work, man. Just don't try, don't try. It's like, Every World Cup, in the, like we saw the last World Cup, it didn't work. This World Cup, I don't think it will work either. I mean, they're trying to start this whole new era thing. I just don't think it works, man. I, this is probably just some sort of rebuild World Cup where they just... It's more of like an ex- experiment, like a testing, I guess. Um, yeah, so about New Zealand... Um, I know a lot of people are going to be saying, "Oh my God, you've lost your, you've lost your mind." English bias. Let me explain. Okay, so in terms of New Zealand's form, from what I've, how I'm concerned, I don't think they're in the greatest of form, and I don't think they're in the form that they were last year, where they went to the final and they went on to win it. Fair enough to them, and I feel like it's sort of that thing. Nice guys lose the final, I don't think it's that, I just think that it's the form that is crucial, and the form that you, that you have, paying those conditions, they've just lost to Pakistan, they've, I don't think they've been in, I don't think they have a set team for the World Cup, I think they had like, they have like, oh, Finn Allen could play, why do we play Daryl Mitchell, do, is, is even Kane Williamson getting into the side, where's Tim Seifert, where's Devin Conway, who are our best bowlers? Is Trent Bolt gonna go? Like, is Gary Stead the right coach? Like, Gary Stead didn't have a great time, obviously, in England, so he's under threat. There's a lot of pressure. I don't think there's. I just think, I feel like when the pressure is on New Zealand, I don't think we've really seen them do well under pressure. I mean, like, yeah, there's a couple times when Grant Elliott was very good in 2015 um, against South Africa. That was a nice time under pressure. But I feel like. It's just, there's just an instinct about me. I don't know how to explain it, but there's just an instinct saying, no, no, it's not going to happen for them. Right, on to the next one. Uh, I'm going to go, yeah, let's go play of the tournament first. Um, For me, it's probably going to be one that plays more more games. So, hmm. Oh, my goodness. Oh, this is, there's so many to pick. I think it's probably, once again, between those three big teams, I guess I'm going to call them the big three. So, I'm not sure if in England will get to the final. Um, I just don't want to get too ahead of myself. So, I'm going to say... Yeah, I'm going to say Carol. 
Why not? I'm going to say Kyle Rahul. Yeah, because I think a lot of people will probably say Kohli because he's in good form. But I, I have a feeling. I have a feeling with Rahul. I think, you know, we've seen how, like, he's such a good, he's an unbelievable T20 player. And I feel like in Australian conditions, like in the warm-up game, he got a 50 against Australia. So if he continues that sort of form, he has form. He knows how, he knows how to score in Australia. We've seen him do it before. So why not? I, I, I really, I feel like it's probably the best fit. It's one that makes a little bit more sense. Because it's going to be one of those teams that gets in the final. So for me, the final will be Australia, India, and Australia are going to win it. So probably for me, it was between... Rahul and Finch. I feel like Finch is going to have a really good World Cup. So, yeah, I'm going with Kel Rahul. Why not? Right, okay. Top run scorer. Hmm. Now, I think this one will be an outsider. I don't I don't think this one will be from the top teams. I feel like this is going to be... Oh, I think it's going to be an underdog. It, for me, it's between... Harry Brook and Alex Hales. And I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Harry Brook. Oh yes. Here we go, the English controversy. But uh, let me explain. I think that Harry Brook is a very good player. I think that Harry Brooks is gonna be someone who emerges very well in Australian conditions. Um and for me personally, I feel like in, yeah, okay, England might not get to the final. But I think, that, I think at the very least, they have to get to the semi-finals. At, ver- at the very least. Because um, the T20 World Cup, the structure is pretty similar to last year. Where they have, like, two groups. And then the top two from those groups, they go to the semi-final. Then there's the final. So, I think they'll they'll get out that group and then... I think... I don't know who they'll... Wait, who they'll play? I think... Yeah. I feel like they might lose to Pakistan. Because Pakistan always turn up in ICC events. So, in, yeah, I think Harry Brook's going to have a great tournament. I think with the teams in our group, you've got, like, Sri Lanka, West, Indi- West Indies, Australia, New Zealand, those teams. I feel like he can strive. I feel like he can be a real shining light in that England team. Right, most... Okay, play with the most wickets. Um, I mean, Jasper, 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 Jasper Bumwood's not at the World Cup, so I'm going to have to say Josh Hazelwood. Most in, probably the most informed T20 bowler right now. Um, and I think that, you know, yeah, I think it, it would be perfect because he's going to bowl at the start in the power play, maybe sometimes in the middle overs, one over, two overs at max. And then at the death, he's a very good resource at the death for Australia as well. So he gets a he gets a bit of everything. And yeah, I mean, he was always economical. But I think in terms of wickets, he'll, I think he'll do the job. Okay. Now, right. Okay. So, wait, I have a couple more, couple more predictions. Okay, dark horse of a player. So, this is like underachiever, overachiever, like the teams. Okay, underachiever. Underachieving player. Let's start with that one. Oh my gosh. Um, underachieving player. Um, I think it's between Ben Stokes and 
I think you know. I think it. I think it's gonna be Ben Stokes. I, I, look. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a fan of Ben Stokes, and I think we saw in, in the in the uh, warm up game he's in great form. He's got okay, not great form, but he's got he's in he's in nick. However, I just I just feel like T Twenty World Cups are his deja vu. He, he, they, he like like in twenty six like the best example I can give you is twenty sixteen. He didn't play in the twenty twenty one version. I think um, due to he had a mental he was taking taking a break from mental health, but like I think for me it's pretty obvious. Like Ben Stokes is I don't think he's gonna be amazing this World Cup, and I think in in terms of the series we just had against Australia, look at that. I think there was some pretty poor dismissals. He looked a little bit shaky, you know, a bit iffy, sort of, you know, not a lot of confidence. And if we're talking about the record, I think the record probably supports me a little bit because, you know, he hasn't scored a T20 half century, which, to be fair, I'm not sure he's going to change. Um, I think at best he'll get a couple good knocks that sort of, like, as like a finisher. Um, not as a number four, which I think where England will play him. They'll probably back him to play there, and I think that's why he might, he might fail because he's not going to play a number number five, number six, or number seven. They're not going to bring up Livingston to number four or Brook to number four or Monali to number four because that's not worked in the past. So yeah, I just I feel like it. Sorry, I'm I'm sorry about Stokes. I, it's just it just doesn't work for me. It doesn't connect. Um. I think the other one I was thinking of was Martin Guptill in terms of, you know, ICC events. I feel like they don't really go well together. Guptill doing well and ICC events. So, yeah, I'm not sure he's like, he's a power hitter. Don't get me wrong. One of the best, one of the best like power hitters in world cricket. But, yeah, it's, no, it just doesn't, it just doesn't sort of ring a bell for me. It just doesn't really say, it's not like glaring out on me. Okay. Martin Guptill's going to have a good World Cup. So, yeah, that's why I said he's an underachiever. Okay, overachievers. Okay. What can I say is like an overachieving player? Um, I think the first one that really came to mind was Hasaranga. But I don't think that Sri Lanka are going to get out of the um, qualifying group. So, I prefer to rule that out. I think... If if they do get through, I'm gonna say David Visa for Namibia or Erasmus, the um, Namibian captain. One of those two for sure, because I have a feeling that Namibia probably. I think they're gonna go into because they're in Group A, right? So I think they'll go in top of Group A. And I think they'll do. I think they'll do decently in that group. I think they'll be underdogs. And even if they go into the group B. I think they have actually. Let's say they grow up into the in group two, as uh, second in the in group A, for the qualifying. I think that maybe will probably go. I think they'll do very well. And I think Visa, Visa and Erasmus will be instrumental to that because they'll score lots of runs. Visa can definitely get wickets. So that's why I think David Visa will be overachieving. And what's it after that? Um, okay. Four. Right. Um, who? Okay. 
what okay, what do you think um are England's chances of getting to the final? And what do you think a considerable result would be for England? Okay. So these are now okay, I should probably explain. These are now some questions that I'm reading um off the BBC support pages and also from the Spotify QA. Also, um feel free to drop a a uh, question for me or a comment in the Q and A in spot uh, in Spotify. You can go access access that there. Um, please uh, do go check it out and drop something there. That would be uh, make my day. It would be very helpful. Okay. So going back to the question, I think at minimum it has to be the semi final. I don't want us getting knocked out in the group stages. That's just that would just be embarrassing, and then I, I think there'll be a massive sort of conundrum over English cricket saying, "Okay, we have to rebuild not only the Red Bull team, but now we have to go for a White Bull rebuild as well." So, well, I think although I do have a feeling that might actually happen because Owen Morgan, Owen Morgan, like Josh Butler's comment, Butler's also come early into his reign without a lot of notice. And now has to take over for a World Cup, as did Owen Morgan. So, yeah, I, th- I feel like it's a very, very similar situation. Do I think the same thing's going to happen? Do I think that's going to be deja vu? No, but I, I think, I feel like I feel like it would still be very disappointing if we got out in the semi-finals, considering that the ex- expectations a lot of people are having right now um, of us to win it, but. I, I I don't think we'll win it. That's that's not going there because I, I don't I don't feel like I don't have a strong feeling we're going to win. Let's put it that way. Okay. Um. What are the what are the other questions? Uh. Pat Cummings has just been named Australia OER captain today. Do you think he'll have a good World Cup? Which might incline him to give the T Twenty captain's bit. Um. Yeah. Also. Yeah. Pat Cummings was named Australia ODI captain uh, a couple of hours ago before. F- um, recording this, so yeah, yeah. Um, personally, I think it's a. In, in terms of the appointment, I think it's a good appointment. Although I would have liked to see them have a specialist Red Bull captain and a specialist White Bull captain. Um, I feel I don't feel like I feel like the. It's. It's good that Cummings is getting a leadership role. But I just feel like you know he should probably stick to Test cricket where he does he's good at Test cricket and he also has that leadership role. So there's not a lot for him to balance on his shoulders. Personally, I don't think he'll get. I think that he'll probably get the T Twenty captaincy as well, and then they kind of have to give it to him because they're not going to give it to anyone else. But if I was being honest, I prefer if Steve Smith was the white ball captain or like David Warner. Um, even though they're pro- they're both pretty old, that would probably be a better short term option to let Cummings sort of s- still settle into that Red Bull captaincy, then have the re- role of taking over two captaincies and two sorts of captaincies once. Okay, so that's it for my World Cup predictions. Now on to a quick word about the Ballon d'Or. Kareem Benzema finally bagging his first ever Ballon d'Or. I couldn't be more happy for him. Um, I feel like he's deserved it. You know. Forty-six goals and forty-eight games in La Liga in La Liga in this twenty twenty-one to twenty twenty-two since the last Ballon d'Or. So I think I'm not sure anyone else pretty really deserved it. Um, maybe I think Sadio Mane was second, which is 
sort of fair. And also Benzema won the Champions League, La Liga. Um, I think, yeah. Who else was, honestly, who else was going to get it? Kind of had to be Benzema. Um, in the other, in the other awards, uh, Thibaut Courtois won the Ashen Trophy. Great decision. Probably deserved to anyway. Surprise for the Copper Trophy. Gavi won it. I don't think he should. I think he should have been Bellingham. Not by English bias, just because I think he was better than Gavi and he had a better season um, in terms of go- in terms of goal contributions and uh, goals and assists. And then for the for the other awards, the Socrates Award, which is for humanitarian actions uh, of good kind. So that was awarded to Sadio Mane. Uh, if you don't know, Sadio Mane, I think he's one of the nicest person, people in the world. And Sadio Mane has been helping in his country, in his um. Home country, which is Senegal, he's helped build like hospitals, and he's gone back there frequently to play, you know see people in the in the slums where he was pretty much lived as a a young kid, which is really really nice to see. And yeah, couldn't be happier for him because he pretty much deserves it. Um, so yeah, that is why I'm gonna end off this podcast for the first episode of season three. Thank you so much uh, for listening. I really appreciate. Um, the support, please, please um share this um as as much to as much many people as you can uh because it would it would mean the absolute world to me. So thank you so much for listening and goodbye.